There is a certain reality to what is going on in Russia that is not being really revealed. As I have said repeatedly, there is a troika, there is a a, a move to try and use the uh, Pashogin rebellion. Uh, you know, Yevgeny Pashogin is, is, is being used primarily as a magnet to attract the severest critics of the military and Putin's government. But you have to remember that Petrogin is not against, or at least at the time of his initial rebellion, was not against Putin. He believed that Putin was on his side and that much of the senior government and the Duma were helping him, but the military was the one causing problems. Technically, his force was one of the best fighting forces in the war in Ukraine. The mercenaries seemed more decided to fight stronger and harder than members of the Russian military, in particular its conscript units, and even its elite forces, were often not as good as Prashogin's uh, Wagner Group mercenaries. Let's listen to what exactly was his reason for going in. We do have, uh, this, this was done by the, 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 the Times of London, and uh, they, they did uh, an interview with, with uh, you know, a, a Russian journalist, uh, you know, as Prashogin descended on Rostov on Don to speak with the Russian generals, you know, uh, who are in charge of the operations there, uh, Jaraskny and uh, Shoyego. Uh, they both had left, and you can find out more about it, you know, uh, and, and how it is it is going on in uh, in this talk uh, from the uh, Times of London radio, and uh, it's uh, it's correspondent there. I'm trying to get the name of the guy. I can't seem to find it here on the description, but uh, let's see what goes on here. So it was not to take Moscow, not to show anything, because from the very beginning he declared that he is completely for Putin, he is against Ukraine, he is supporting the war in Ukraine, and all that sort of things. Uh, but uh, he still demonstrated that uh, he, wants, he wants to be higher than he is at the moment. That's why he, he made the demonstration. So essentially what, what is being said here is that is, is Peshogan's moves were not necessarily that of someone that was seeking to uh, oust Vladimir Putin or, or take actions against the Russian government, but that Prashogin's actions were purely that of, of uh, someone protesting what he felt uh, was, was inaction or, or weakness on the part of the Russian military. And, uh, and, and that was what uh, the uh, head of this mercenary group had sought to, to achieve. He thought, at least, that, you know, the civilian leadership of Russia would side with him. They did not. Absolutely correct. This is absolutely correct. And one, one should believe him, actually. How significant do you think, though, it was that Prigozhin not only um, moved into and apparently seized control of one fairly sizable city, but also did so openly criticizing the way that President Putin and his leading commanders have conducted the war in Ukraine. Uh, first of all, we should actually realize why he came to Rostov. And he came to Rostov, I, I don't think too many people know, that at that time, uh, Minister Shoigu and General Gerasimov were both in Rostov, within the, south, the southern military district, 
And that's why he actually came to he came to Rostov to talk to them and to show them uh, what, what went, to, to show him his power and to, to, to just to, to demonstrate to show the meeting. Uh, and they they disappeared immediately. Shoigu, as far as I know, left on his helicopter uh, in some direction, unknown direction, and Gerasimov was hiding somewhere in the safe house. So after staying some time in Rostov, he just again made a gesture of going to uh, his all his activities. Uh, although during those days are important uh, and not important because they. Uh, showed any sort of a support for a mutiny or a rebellion against Putin in this country. But they are important because they demonstrated that Kremlin has been shaken after those events. In the, Putin does not have any control over the situation, that the army is in extremely poor condition, that a lot of people secretly oppose Putin's politics and support those who try to rebel or what they think they try to rebel against the war do not support the war itself and many other things I so you know when you when you're listening to that, of course, remembering this is a former GRU general who is now, uh, you know, basically a, a, a writer, a, a correspondent of sorts uh, for the Times of London and, and Times Radio, and uh, you know the the statements that he's made, of course, are, are you know shocking to the uh, to the to the commentator in, in London, you know, who's who's just looking at this and, and saying, wow, you know, uh, you know, is is there some kind of uh, Major rebellion taking place there in uh, uh, that that is uh, not being seen by many of us here. Is is there something a, a little bit different uh, with all of this that that is not being brought out? But as we know, uh, Vladimir Putin is is planning to uh, you know bring out his side to all of this and his brand in all of this and make sure that indeed Pershogin and uh, those activities are not going to last forever, not going to last long, because what they want is to not see this type of activity uh, in Russia and, uh, you know, not, not something that, that will uh, bring that type of situation. Let's listen to what CBS News is saying here in the United States about this. As many people are still worried, could this flare up again? Could it happen? with the country's military leaders. But hours later, the Russian president responded, calling Wagner's actions a rebellion and vowing to bring its organizers to justice. U.S. officials tell CBS News they believe Pergosian was still in Russia as of this morning, but his current whereabouts are unknown. The revolt began Friday evening when Prigozhin blamed a Russian airstrike for killing a large number of his fighters. In retaliation, the mercenary boss marched his troops into Russia and seized the city of Rostov, home to Russia's southern military command. Prigozhin then directed them toward Moscow to deal, he said, with Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu and his top general. Social media captured the death and destruction along the way. President Vladimir Putin began to lock down the capital as soldiers took up defensive positions. Heavy equipment ripped up the roads leading to the city. On state TV, President Putin attacked Prigozhin as a traitor. But with Wagner troops less than 150 miles from Moscow, the Kremlin seemed to have cut a deal. 
So essentially, you know, the way CBS is putting it, of course, is, uh, you know, a recap there of, of everything that had happened up to that time. But, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, march on Moscow that was called on and called off and the mutiny that uh, never really went all the way through is uh, what we are seeing here uh, all the way down the line as to uh, how this thing can move uh, positively. And, uh, you know, Putin's uh, move is, uh, is something that, that uh, is seen as, as a major step by him uh, and how this uh, has indeed uh, changed uh, so strongly with, uh, with all of this, uh, you know, coming forward right now. And, and, and you know, uh, some people are jokingly put it, I think I saw it on, on the Drudge Report, they used a uh, they used an expression. Uh, the Russia situation isn't going from Vlad to worse, you know, V L A D uh, to 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 worse. You know, uh, maybe who knows? It's really really hard to say what exactly uh, is is going to be uh, going on. And sometimes it's it's best. I remember when when I was a foreign editor of a, of a TV network. Uh, you know, back in the day in, in, in the Philippines, uh, I, I was handling the foreign desk and it was basically, you know, when you would, would, you would come up with stuff uh, on things like this, you wanted to look at the raw information and, and try to see it outside of the, you know, the, the sponsored viewpoint that is, that is leaning towards what something that, that Lincoln wants to say or that the White House wants to push or that, that an agenda journalist who just happens to, uh, you know, hate uh, what, is, what is going on uh, is, is saying. And, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, don't, really, don't really get a chance to, uh, to, to hear it well. So let's try and listen in. I hope this is the, uh, the actual speech here by uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, some of his remarks. There seems to be a reluctance, of course, by many in Western media to play anything Putin says uh, because they feel, oh, we can explain it to you better than he can. You know, all you really need is a translator and just let the man talk so people can hear what he has to say. But they don't like that. They want to tell you what he's saying, which isn't right. That's not the way it should be done. Give people a decision. Undermine Russia, that they wanted to see Russians firing on each other uh, and wanted to sow chaos. And others, uh, he accused Kiev, uh, Ukraine, and the West of trying to undermine Russia, that they wanted to see Russians firing on each other uh, and wanted to sow chaos inside the country. So I think this is Vladimir Putin trying to show that, look, he is in charge and that everything is okay, there's nothing to see here. Um, but of course, the reality is nobody's going to forget. I think one of the striking things about it, he said that all the country rallied uh, around him, uh, around the Russian government. And I don't know that that was the case. If you saw some of those astonishing scenes in Rostov-on-Don, where the locals came out to take selfies with the Wagner troops uh, to bring them food and water. They cheered and waved them goodbye like they were conquering heroes. Uh, but of course, for many Russian people, they've been fed uh, this diet of lies for so long to understand quite what was going on the ground um, I think would have been difficult in the heat of the moment especially as not everything 
was being reported. But uh, this is an important moment. President Lukashenko was thanked by President uh, Putin for playing a role in trying to bring an end to this march on Moscow. And Lukashenko himself is also addressing the nation. But there was certainly no backing down. So, you know, basically no backing down, Putin's saying what he's saying, the Russians are saying their thing, uh, you know, and, and, and basically blaming the West in part on this. And uh, not, a lot of, not a lot of clear, you know, open speaking ability here. Again, all filtered. Uh, not good, not good. That, that is not a good uh, matrix. So is it going from glad to worse? We shall see. I'm Mike of New York. I'm trying to get you the information directly. When we come back with our next episode, we're going to try and hear from Vlad himself and how exactly this has happened. Did Vlad beat the invader or was he impaled in the end? This is the Mike of New York podcast. I'm Mike K. Cohen.